it follows that formula, grabs their attention, encapsulates their interest or taps into their interest, deepens that desire, and then persuades them at the end to take action. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guests, I want to mention FunNet Flip because FunNet Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Okay, here's a no-brainer. Since you're a real estate entrepreneur, you know that selecting a health insurance plan is a real pain and dealing with the whole process is a pain. That's why I've partnered up with Stride Health and they make the whole process really easy and they have a personal concierge service for you to help you out. They've got a fancy algorithm that helps find the right health plan just for you and on average they can save you 400 bucks a year and it only takes 10 minutes. Go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever. That's S-T-R-I-D-E-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and we've got a special segment for you because it's Sunday. Therefore, we've got a skill that we're going to share with you and it is Skill Set Sunday. So you know all about this show. This show is all about helping you move your real estate investing business forward. We cut out all the fluff and we get straight to the good stuff for you and your business. We've interviewed, let's see, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And today we'll be speaking with someone who has interviewed many successful entrepreneurs and business professionals as well. He's interviewed Marie Forleo, Guy Kawasaki and Gary Vanderchuk, among many others, on his very popular podcast, Smart Business Revolution. So let's say hi to John Corcoran. How are you doing, John? Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. Honored to be here. Yeah, nice to have you on the show, my friend. John is he's an expert in a lot of areas, but really it comes down to relationships and storytelling, in my opinion. And we'll, we'll let him talk a little bit more about his background. But a couple quick things about John before he gets into it. At 23 years old, he landed a job in the White House for President Clinton as a writer. He is a very successful entrepreneur, and he's on track to do about 100 webinars in 2015. And he's made over five figures in one webinar. 
And the whole focus of our conversation today and the specific skill that we're going to talk about is how to launch a successful webinar from start to finish. Because as we were talking before the show, this is really about how to how to get value, create value, and add value to people's lives based on our area of expertise. So specifically, we're saying it's how to elevate your profile, increase your audience, and make money. So as real estate investors, obviously, we want to elevate our profile, increase our audience or our customers, and make money along the way. And webinars are a really good way of doing that. And I'm really excited to talk to John because I I don't have really any experience in webinars. I've done about two or three of them so far, but I know that they're a great way for all of the investors out there to build an audience. And I'm looking forward to having John walk us through how to launch one from start to finish. So with that being said, John, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Sure. Yeah. So I, I have an unusual background. I've hopped around from industry to industry. You could say I'm a little fickle and I like to be drawn to some new challenge every couple of years. Uh, but I, I came from a normal, humble, middle-class family, no special connections or anything like that. Didn't go to any Ivy League school uh, or anything along those lines. But um, one of the defining experiences for me in, in my childhood was my, my father got laid off three different times when I was growing up. And each time we had to, he was out of work for a couple of, of months and we struggled and we had to move every time. And what that taught me was the importance of relationships, the importance of having strong relationships in business, not just so that when things go bad, you've got people to turn to, but also so that you can use those relationships for opportunities for your business. And so throughout my career, I've applied that. And starting very early on, I've been very fortunate. I had some great opportunities. At 20 years old, I was a writer. Uh, sorry, at 20 years old, I was an early employee of DreamWorks working for Steven Spielberg. Um, you mentioned at 23 years old, I was a writer in the Clinton White House. I've also been a speechwriter to the governor of California. I've worked in the heart of Silicon Valley with uh, startups. Um, and for the last four years, four plus years now, I've run my own business. I'm a practicing attorney. And I also have an online business in the form of smartbusinessrevolution.com and, and a podcast um, that has quickly eclipsed in terms of uh, revenue and my focus and attention, uh, my legal practice, which was doing fine as it, as it was. Uh, so I help other people, particularly entrepreneurs, to use relationships and to turn those into opportunities and, and clients and revenues for them. Awesome. Well, we are talking about webinars and that is a good segue because it's all, it is all about, you know, kind of having friends and, and building those friendships and making it mutually beneficial. And so that everybody makes money along the way in business. Cause that's why we do business is to add value and, um, enjoy the process and make money. At least that's why I do business. <laughs> sure. We all do. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and webinars yeah, are a tremendous way to contribute to that mission. Yeah. So let's talk about it. We want to start a webinar. What do we do? Sure. So there's kind of a framework that I use and we can maybe break break it down this way and then dive into each individual ones. But the way I think about it is uh, first there is your purpose. You have to think about what your purpose is and we can talk about that, why you're doing webinars to begin with. Second is your presentation. What is the content of the presentation? What are you going to be doing? Why are you do what are you going to teach people? in your, uh, the webinar that you're doing. Uh, third is your product or service. How are you going to monetize this thing? Because if you don't monetize it, and there's some people who go out there and do free webinars, but if you don't monetize it, you're probably not going to continue doing it for very long. And then fourth is promotion, your promotion. How do you promote this thing? How do you make sure that people show up? 
How do you make sure that people know about it? And then fifth is your partners. I like to think of it as collaborative partners because one of the best ways to do webinars is to collaborate with other people who have an audience and to do a training for their audience and it will help your growth go a lot faster. So we can start with your purpose if you'd like to do that. Let's do it. Yeah, so I think you have to think about why am I doing this? Why webinars? And I like to say to people that if you can, if you are doing speeches right now, if you're speaking to audiences, or you can envision a way in which speaking to audiences could help your business in any way, whether it's elevating your profile, selling more products or services or whatever, then webinars can also help you. Because really a webinar is, there are very, there's some significant differences between giving a speech and doing a webinar, but a webinar really is just an online version of a speech. It is a way of presenting material, teaching people, um, and but your audience could be potentially global. I mean, I've had webinars where people are from all over the globe. It's incredible. People from you know Europe all the way to India to Australia, you name it, all over the globe. People are on on the same webinar sometimes, and it's just amazing how it ties all those people together. Um, and, and so it's it's an amazing way of having a larger impact. And then the incredible thing is you have people who you never even knew or but who get to know you and build build up some kind of trust for you and are willing to send you money or to invest in you or to buy a product or a service that you sell. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I had, I had a webinar and a guy uh, bought this product that I was creating and I ended up getting on the phone with him, talking to him about it. And he was an oil he was in the oil fields of Western Canada, and I live in San Francisco. And if it weren't for webinars, a guy in the oil fields of, of Western Canada would never have opportunity or reason to buy from me in San Francisco. But webinars creates that kind of connection. So first, first thing is really understanding what your purpose is. And we can talk about different purposes behind webinars. Yeah, but before we get into more details on the purpose, let, let, let me take a couple steps back if that's sure. all right. What type of technology do you use and what do we need to have set up from an infrastructure standpoint in order to do a webinar? Sure. And I'll just point out, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment, but I'll just point out a lot of times people think about that when oftentimes that, it, at least now, is not as big a, a hurdle as it might, as you might perceive it to be. So before you've done many webinars, oftentimes people think, oh man, it's the technology that's holding me up. And oftentimes that really is a lower barrier. And you can get past that one, but then the other barriers will really also determine whether you're successful or not. And we can get into that or, a little bit later. But as far as the technology goes, I use a combination of Google Hangout on Air with Lead Pages, which is at leadpages.net, it's a landing page software, and then an embedded chat function in the lead page. And you also have to have an email marketing service like AWeber or MailChimp to use as well. So basically the way it works is a Google Hangout on Air is a free webinar technology. You embed that on a lead page, and then you also create a webinar registration page. So you're actually driving people to a webinar registration page where they enter their email address, and then you have through your email autoresponder, an immediate message that goes out to them that says, hey, thanks for registering. Here's the uh, information on where you log in for the webinar. And you send them the link for the other page that has the Google Hangout on air embedded in it. And that's pretty much it. You might also create a thank you page, uh, but that's really all you have to create. It's kind of two, three pages at the most in order to create this system. 
does it live separately from your website? It can, or it can, you know, lead pages can either live separately or you can make it part of your web page. So you okay. can be like joefairless.com slash webinar registration could be the registration page. And, you know, joefairless.com slash live webinar could be the live page. Got it. Got it. So all you need is the lead pages. And what's that website that you get the lead pages from? Leadpages.net. That's what I use. There are other lead page software out there, but lead pages has got, they've got a couple of pages that are designed for webinars. So you can just kind of plug and play. And then the embedded chat, what type of program is that? There's a couple out there. I use one called chatwing.com, which is completely free. There's one called chatroll.com, which is about nine to, I don't know, 30 bucks a month. And it's a little bit different from Chatwing. And there's a few alternatives out there, but Chatwing works just fine. Because I've done a Google Hangout, and I think it's because I didn't have this embedded chat, but I, I couldn't figure out a way to have the the listeners or the attendees actually ask me questions through the Google Hangout, and I guess that's why. Yeah, yeah. And also, you probably didn't... Did you collect email addresses when you did that? Uh, I did not. I don't think so. Yeah. So that's what you want. Is you That's why you want to use something like Lead Pages, which is not expensive. Lead, lead Pages is like... I think it's maybe works out to 300 bucks a year or something like that. Well worth it if you're going to, you know, build an email list and use webinars. And so basically, you know, Lead Pages has the webinar registration page, which are designed as webinar registration pages where people have to enter their email address in order to be granted access to the webinar. And other than that, what do you need a microphone and a a camera built into your computer or a regular camera that's external? Yeah, you you know, every laptop that's sold these days comes with a built-in webcam pretty much. So most people already have it built in. And you don't even need that, to be honest, because you can just use a, a PowerPoint presentation slides on your laptop and, and project to that. So that's what people are seeing. But I like to have the people see me at the beginning. I'll, I'll come onto the camera at the very beginning, and then I'll switch it over to my slides. And then a microphone, yeah, is helpful as well. It gives a little bit better audio quality. Anything other than that, or are we all set with the technology and what we need yeah. to set it it's up? It's pretty simple. I mean, it, it's it's nothing too complicated. And the nice thing about it is once you set up those basic pieces, once you f- realize how the pieces work, then you're done with the tech. I mean, that's it. You know, maybe you do a dry run through once or twice, but you'll get the hang of it pretty quickly. That's why I say that the technology, in, as far as, you know, being a hurdle is really relatively minor. Now, the more, the bigger hurdles are how do you sell? How do you persuade? How do you train? How do you how do you convert people from casual attendees to buying whatever whatever it is you're selling? Now that's a that's a bigger uh, hurdle and that requires a longer discussion. All right, well let's get into it. Let's let's you, you mentioned purpose. Let's go into presentation. Okay, so your presentation. Now what I'm mostly talking about here is doing a free webinar so that you can educate people and then at the end you have an offer. Now that's where the way a lot of webinars work. But there are other kinds of webinars out there. There are paid webinars where people pay to attend. There are educational webinars that don't have any kind of offer at the end. Um, There are courses where you use a webinar in order to communicate with the students in the course. So there are a variety of different ways, but what I'm mostly talking about is doing a free presentation uh, and, and, and of course, trying to convince people to take you up on your offer at the end, which I strongly recommend that you have, because if you don't monetize it, you're not going to continue doing it. People do it once or twice and then they stop because they're like, what's the point in this? 
But the presentation really needs – you need to teach people something practical that they can apply preferably very quickly, like immediately. The more immediate, the more likely people are going to be engaged, the more likely people are going to register for the webinar, and the more likely people are going to really want to attend and, and get a lot of value out of it. So whenever I do a webinar, I'm very specific about what I'm going to be teaching. I'm very clear about what I'm going to be teaching. I give them things like email copy that they can swipe from me. I give them things like templates or checklists that people really value. And then I just try and make be really respectful of, of people's time and make sure that I'm teaching something that is really of value to them. And that's going to vary, of course, depending on what audience you're targeting. How long is it? Optimal, according to the research that I've seen, is right around 55, uh, to precise 56 minutes is like the optimal length of a webinar. So almost all of mine, I aim to be 55 minutes by the point that I'm getting to making some kind of offer for people, for the people who are on there who want to go further. And I'll say this about it, because some people have hangups over selling, and that's totally understandable. But when you do a webinar, you are targeting a specific category of people, and they, they register and they stick through it. And the people who've gotten to the end, if you've done your job right, if you've provided value to them, they want to know if there's something more they can do. Because a lot of those people are really motivated. They have some kind of pain that they're experiencing, and you might be able to solve it. So you have an obligation, in my opinion, to give them some additional way that they can work with you in some way. They get some additional help from you, and they'll gladly entertain that idea at the end of the webinar. I never get people complaining at the end saying, oh, I didn't know that there's going to be an offer at this <laughs> at the end of this webinar. I think it's it's really understood that that's what's going to happen at the end. And if you don't do that, you're going to let some people down because they're going to be like, hey, I was, you got me all hot and bothered. I'm all excited about this. And then you just let me down at the end. What are a couple things that you've taught that are practical that, that the attendees can apply immediately? Sure. So the main webinar that I've done about 45 times, 50 times this year is on, um, so I teach people about how to build better relationships in business. So the, the title of the webinar that I've done most frequently is called How to Cold Email Any VIP. And the reason I title it that is because that's the title, I've tested a bunch of different titles, and that's the title that gets the most number of people to register. But it's really just the opening up, the di it's opening up a discussion, a larger discussion about how you build relationships, particularly with influencers and VIPs and people that you admire in your industry. But in the training, I explain a, a five-step process for drafting a cold email to someone that you admire that you don't know and how to get them to respond, not just to respond, but actually to turn that relationship into some kind of longer relationship that might even lead to an opportunity or business alliance or a partnership or something like that. And what is the offer that you have at the end of that? And then at the end, I present a course that I have. It's called Connect with Influencers. And it's my system, my step-by-step -step system for how to build relationships with people that you admire, people who you look up to, influencers and VIPs, and turn it into opportunities for your business. Ah, got it. Smart. So the, the webinar tells you how to email them, and then the offer tells you how to build that relationship. Right. And that's a great point, because what you want is you want your free, enticing webinar to be like, you want to actually teach them something, but it's only an hour long. There's only so much you can teach in an hour. 
So you want to teach them something meaty that they can bite their, you know, get their teeth into and that they can actually walk away with and apply in their life. But I also want them to appreciate the fact that I've given them something for 60 minutes for free that they can walk away with and apply to their life. But if they want to, I've got this other training that is actually a lot better for them. And if they they want to really create some growth in their business and opportunity for themselves, then really what they ought to do is invest in this course. And if they don't want to, that's totally fine. At least they've got a, a way of emailing that VIP so they've come away with what was anticipated. Exactly. All right. With uh, one follow-up question on presentation, then we'll move to monetize. On the 56 minutes and then you have the offer, how is that 56 minutes broken out? Is there a certain... Are there certain categories or a certain flow that the 56 minutes should be broken up into? Yeah, it's a, it can be a little bit flexible uh, on what you put in there, but there are some uh, certain pieces that do need to go into it. You need to explain what authority you have to speak on this topic and assume that some people won't know anything about you. So you need to tell what your story is, but it can't just be your entire story because a lot of times people just tell their whole life story, where they went to college, all that kind of stuff. What you want to do is you want it to reflect the wants and the needs of the audience. So let's say you're teaching something on weight loss. An ideal story would be, I used to be overweight and then I discovered X, Y, and Z. I applied that to my life and now look at me. I'm fit. I'm in better shape, I'm happier, I'm healthier, and I love my life. That would be a good story to tell. All the other side stories about you moved here, you moved that, you went to here, college, you know, those things don't really matter for that particular story. So you do need to have your your origin story explaining why this is relevant, hopefully have it be reflective of the audience so that they can relate to you. And then case studies is another great one. Hopefully, it's someone that you've already helped. So if you've done coaching or consulting or something like that, you do case studies of the people that you've already helped, but in a practical, helpful way. So it's not just like, look at all these people that got great results because I coached them. That's why you should coach with me. You know, use me as your coach. It's really more about, look, these are some different ways in which people achieved the end result, the desired result that the market, the audience of people really want to achieve. So that's another one. And then the training can be, you can have a couple of different you know, sections of the webinar presentation on training. It's best if you can break it down to a system. Like I mentioned, my five steps for drafting a cold email. If you can break it down to a system like that, that's something that people feel like, oh, very cool. Good. I got it. Five steps. If I can just cover those five steps, then I have it. I have it nailed. So those are the main elements that you want to have in there. All right. Monetize. Monetize. So a lot of the times people who are new to webinars one of the holdups that they have, uh, there are many different holdups. So one of the one of them is, well, I don't have a product. How do, how can I do a webinar if I don't have a product? I actually recommend getting started with webinars before you have a product. Here's why: if you go out and create a product before you have an audience that you built through webinars, then you're creating something that you're speculating people might want. And a lot of times, people make mistakes. They create something they think people want, and it turns out no one wants it. But webinars actually give you a huge opportunity to learn what other people would want from you and then to just go and create it. So literally, you could start, you could, the best thing to do is to pick the audience that you want to serve. You know, it could be real estate investors. It could be, you know, women in their 30s who want to lose weight. Whatever it is, you pick that audience and start doing some kind of training that helps them, that speaks to some need that they have. And you probably know what needs those audiences have because it's an audience that you want to serve. 
and you start teaching them, training them, and then just learn as much as you can. And there really are a lot of ways you can learn from webinars about your market. You can do surveys before and after. You can learn based on how many people register, based on the title that you used. You can learn based on one-on-one discussions. You, anyone who came to the webinar, you can offer them some kind of like, just say, get on, can we get on the phone? I'd like to help you a little bit more. You get on the phone, you, you ask them questions, chat questions that people ask in the chat or in the Q&A. There's many ways you can learn tremendously, and then that can shape any kind of product that you create. Or if you're a service provider, if you're a consultant or a coach or you provide some kind of service, you can offer that up at the end of the webinar. You can often do it in the form of some kind of strategy session. Maybe you do it for a discount that's only good to people who sign up at the end of the webinar. So like as a thank you for to everyone for attending and for sticking around throughout the webinar, you say that I'm going to do five first five people. I normally charge $500 for these strategy sessions, but I'm going to do one. I'm going to do uh, five of them for $250. So if you sign up now in this form, then you do, go through your strategy session. And the idea, of course, is if it's a good fit, that maybe you'll work together on a more long-term basis. So, uh, And then that can educate and inform you about what kind of product you'd want to create. I'm a big fan of having some kind of digital product because it creates true scale, but you don't have to have it at least initially to get started with webinars. Promotion. Promotion. So the way that I started, let me explain the, the way that I started when I first started getting into webinars was the, you know, I thought that what I would do is I would just announce a webinar and I would then go and uh, I'd advertise it on social media. I'd put it on LinkedIn. I'd put it on Facebook. I'd put it on Twitter and a flood of people would show up and you'll get some people that way, but it's not, it doesn't create a tremendous amount of growth. Um, and so I'm still a fan of it. It's good for when you're starting out. Um, if you've got zero people on your email list or a couple hundred or something, you can, ha- you can make some real progress with that, particularly if you're active in different online communities through different uh, Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or something like that. And you can share an upcoming training webinar that you have within one of those communities. You might get a bunch of people who will, who will come over in order to check it out. Um, so those are you know, there are different ways. That, there are also um, webinar directory sites that list upcoming webinars. So you can uh, list it on places like that. Um, you can do traditional advertising, like Facebook ads are very popular or some other format like that. But the real growth, what's been the biggest growth for me, and I've seen it in other people, is the fifth point, which is your partners. So doing what I call collaborative webinars. Other people call them in the internet marketing world, JV webinars or joint venture webinars. I prefer the term collaborative webinars. You want me to dive into that? Yeah. Before you dive into that, what is the most popular or the largest or the most relevant webinar directory site that your webinar should be listed on? Oh, I don't know that there's any one out there that is the go-to authority on there. If you Google webinar directory websites, you'll find a bunch of different options out there. And, and I would just go through a lot of them, allow you to just list your webinars for free. So um, what I would do is just go beforehand and you can just you know, list them on every single one. There isn't really, there's no like Google or Yelp, or there's no like authority out there that will help you. Yeah, okay. so Got yeah. It. All right, yeah, partners. How, how, what, how do you, because it, it makes sense, I mean, Social media, email your list if you have one, traditional advertising. 
but really partners that you're about to talk about is the best way to grow it. And that's, you know, from my marketing background, I was the youngest vice president of a New York City advertising agency. And I can, I can tell you that the best way to influence purchase intent is to have it referred by someone who the, you know, the person no likes or trusts or no likes and trusts. Yeah. So the referrals are the best source. So I make sense that partners would be the, the best way of doing it. So how do we have the best partners and how is that structured? Right. And, you know, the thing is, is it's very easy for someone to go and spend money on Facebook ads. But at least in my experience, it doesn't build as warm a relationship. When you have someone else, as you mentioned, when you have someone else who's vouching for you, who's got some kind of audience, could be huge, could be very small, could be growing, and they say to their audience, I'm sharing this with you, then they are vouching for you. They are providing social proof. And so going out and and taking a training that you have and offering it up to other partners out there who've got some amount of audience that would value your training can create tremendous growth. I've gotten 1,500 email subscribers from a single webinar. It's very, very difficult unless you have a really high traffic website to get that many email subscribers within a period of a couple of days. And that's what happens when you have a a partner like that who goes and promotes a webinar for you. You get a flood of new email subscribers, new people coming into your community from that one event. So the question is, well, how do you find these people and how do you build relationships with them and how do you get them to promote you? And of course, like many things in life, it takes some time. You're not going to be able to get it overnight. A lot of people don't want to hear that. But you know, there, there are people out there that are influential in these areas and you need to find them first. So first, you need to narrow in on who's my target market. Who are the people that, I, that are ideal for my training and for the course that I'm offering or the service that I'm offering, the product or service that I'm offering? And, you know, what I would do is I'd go and brainstorm a list of 20 or 30 different individuals out there who've got, and companies would work as well too. I've, I've done that as well. Companies or individuals that have the audience that you are looking for. And there are many, many different ways you can find that. Uh, and we can talk about that. Looking in iTunes at podcasts is one way. Looking, in, uh, looking at other webinars that are out there. Going on YouTube and searching for recorded webinars, pre-recorded, you know, recorded webinars that are uploaded to YouTube on a similar topic or with people that have a similar type of audience. That's another way. Other courses like uh, Udemy, Skillshare, Coursera, places that house different training programs, online courses. You can go places like that and you can find different people who've got these types of audiences. You brainstorm a big list of all these types of people and then you make it your purpose to build relationships with these people. When I say building relationships, I'm not saying you immediately email them and say, hey, I've got a webinar and a product and I'll give you 50%. You don't know who I am. That's not going to work. It's really about how do you provide value to that person's life? You know, you, you should be listening to their podcast. You should be on their email list. You should be attending webinars that they do. You should be finding ways that you can deliver value to that person's life and help them out. And it should come from a place of sincerity. It should not come from a place of I'm just trying to use this person so that they'll promote me to their audience. It should come from a place of this is someone who is serving a similar market that I would like to serve. And I like the work that they're doing. I stand for the work that they're doing. I want them to be successful. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that they are successful. And if you do that, 
then they will be bound to reciprocate sooner or later. When you are doing the research on the the individuals that uh, you want to build the relationships with because they have the large audience, um, and that's really what it boils down to, right? Like they have the right uh, the right audience and the large audience, or at least the right audience, and they're very passionate and a loyal fan base. Once you identify that individual, because I know you've you've got a whole webinar on on e- emailing the VIPs and then a whole product on you know building that relationship. What are some of the ways that you should build that relationship and, and reach out to them tactically? Sure. Well, it, it really starts with understanding what that person needs at that particular moment in time. And that's going to vary tremendously, not just based on what that person wants, what their goals are right in front of them, but also the time of year, the season of their life. You know, sometimes people, they might have something personal going on in the background that you don't even know about, or they might be in the midst of, you know, uh, business restructuring or writing a book or something is going crazy in their business or with their family or something you never know. So it really, you really need to get as much, get as as attuned as possible on what's going on in their life and what challenges they have in any way that you can serve them and help them out with that. And so that social media actually makes it much easier today to achieve that than it was even 10 or 15 years ago because you can, you know, kind of like eavesdrop, that's not the right word, but you can, you can listen in on stock, stock yeah, e- yeah, online stalking them, you know, <laughs> uh, stalking them, basically, you know, observing them on Twitter, observing them on Facebook, whatever they're active on, because not everyone's active on everything, but whatever they're active on and just seeing what's going on with them. And, you know, of course, if you can meet them at a conference, that's one way to do it. Go and meet them at something. And we're also we're assuming that we're talking about someone that is more high profile, like someone who's an influencer or a VIP. There's a lot to be valued from people who aren't VIPs yet. I mean, a lot of people go after the people who've got tremendous audiences. And those are the people who receive tons of solicitations on a regular basis. And they're very hard to get through to. But you can actually achieve a lot of growth by finding someone who says who has, say, a thousand email subscribers, but really niched in and, and dedicated to the 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 audience. It's really the right audience for you. You know, someone's got a thousand or two thousand subscribers and those people are a lot more accessible. It's a lot easier for you to even just send them an email out of the blue saying, hey, I like the work that you do. I'd like to, you know, hop on a quick no agenda phone call and learn a little bit more about you and how I can support you. Another, uh, you mentioned tactical things, things you can do. If the person has a podcast, you can review the podcast. If the person has a book on Amazon, you can review the book on Amazon. You can, if they have a product or a service, you can go on YouTube and record a very short video of yourself, two minutes long, upload it directly to YouTube. That person will be appreciating it. So any way that you can um, promote them, uh, help them get the word out about the work that they do, they're going to appreciate it. And I, you know, particularly when it comes to like authors, if someone's written a book, you know, they're always appreciative. No matter what level an author is at, they're always appreciative of someone else who's helping them to get the word out about their book. Now, you mentioned barriers earlier as far as how to, how to sell and how to convert attendees from passively listening and watching to buying. How do you do that? <laughs> well, it's helpful to study copywriting. I've written throughout my career, but I didn't start studying copywriting until a couple years ago. And copywriting is the art and the science 
of communicating in a way that will take your prospect, your audience, and convince them of the virtues and the value of taking action with you, the action that you want them to take. And it's not sinister. It can be used in sinister ways, but I'm not advocating that anyone use it in sinister ways. It's actually really more about if you if you truly believe in the work that you do, if you truly believe that the help that you put out in the world is meant to do good, if it helps people even in a small way, but it, you, that you have a target audience of people that you want to do good for, you want to help them out, copywriting is what helps them to go from apathy or lack of action to taking action so that they can improve their lives. So it really comes from a place of sincerity and wanting to help that particular person. So I, I recommend studying copywriting. And copywriting has a formula. It's, it's uh, A-I-D-A, attention, interest, desire, action. There's different ways of formulating it. But basically, you have to grab their attention, which is really what the title of the webinar and the very beginning of the webinar does. It grabs their attention so that they sit up and they say, oh, this is what I want. I want to keep going further. I want to register for the webinar. I want to attend the webinar. And once it starts, I want to continue to participating in the webinar. And then interest is about getting, their in, getting, getting them really interested in the topic of, of what you're talking about and providing them with some real value, a training that will actually help them out. And then desire is about deepening that desire. Because if you want people to go from apathy to action, you need to tap into the desire that they have. Maybe it's they really want to finally get fit. Or maybe it's they really want their real estate investing on the side to become their full-time thing so they can quit their job and stop doing what they were doing and do real estate full-time. So you really need to tap into what's that desire. Maybe the desire is that they really want a little bit more freedom. They want to be their own boss and they don't want to work for that job that they don't like anymore. So you, you need to use language that taps into that desire for those people. And then finally, the last A is action, getting them to take action. And the webinar, if you do it the right way, it follows that formula, grabs their attention, encapsulates their, their interests or, or taps into their interests, deepens that desire, and then persuades them at the end to take action. All right. Well, we're running out of time, but we talked about doing the webinar from start to finish successfully. You went through the steps. Is there anything at the end in order to successfully finish that we should be aware of? I'll tell you one strategy that I really like that I only started implementing more recently. So if you do end up falling through with this strategy and you do end up finding other people out there who have got similar audiences, and, and by the way, it gets a little bit easier as you go along because as your audience gets larger, then you can actually reciprocate. So you get someone who's of a similar size or a little bit larger, a little bit smaller. And if they have something that is of value and service to your audience, then you can do you can do a training for them to your audience and vice versa. So you can, you know, they can promote you and you can promote them. It's just like cross promotional partners that happens in every industry in the world. Um, but the other thing I really like doing is a post webinar recap session. And basically the way it works is after the webinars are over, particularly if you've done webinars for each other, then afterwards you schedule a time, 10 to 15 minutes is all it takes, when you're both going to be in the office, not on the road or outside of the office, and you get on the phone and then you look through your database for other people that you can refer the other person to. And what this does is it explodes the number of webinars that you can do tremendously. 
So literally, you just get on the phone, you look through your database, you're like, oh, this is someone who I know, you don't know, I think that they would potentially value you doing a webinar for them, how about I introduce you? And then you go and you follow up and you introduce those two people. And when you do that, it can really explode your growth and, and make it move a lot faster. So that's one kind of advanced strategy that I really like. Very cool. I have, I know I said this last question, but I, you, you made me think of a couple, a couple other really quick questions. One, with the collaborative partner or the joint, the JV partner, however, however we talk about it, is it typically a 50-50 split? And well, first, is it a 50, typically a 50-50 split? Yeah, usually anywhere from 30. Well, if it's a service, then it could be 20%, anywhere from 20 to 50-50. What do you mean service? Like if you have, if I had someone promote, like if I promoted them to my audience and they did a training webinar and at the end they had an offer that was a service. So like them consulting or coaching or something like that, rather than a digital product, which is highly leverageable, highly scalable, you know, a digital product can be 50% because it's not that difficult to recreate, but there's only one of you. So services, you know, taking 20% out is kind of considered normal for a service. Got it. All right. And then on those webinars where you've got the partner, who speaks when? Usually the way it works is the host. So the person whose audience is being, you know, is going to be present at the webinar. Usually they will do an introduction of the uh, other person. And then sometimes there's a lot of interaction throughout or sometimes the guest uh, who's presenting on the webinar for the other person's audience is speaking most of the time. The way I usually do it is the other person will introduce me and then we'll have a little back and forth, a little repartee. We'll welcome all the people who are coming onto the webinar by name and sometimes they say what city they're coming from. So we'll acknowledge all of them just like someone coming into your house, you acknowledge them. And then I'll do most of my presentation. I'll refer back to them a couple times. Sometimes we have a little little exchange throughout it. And then at the end, after the offer, I'll do Q&A and we both handle the Q&A together. And John, where is the best ever place for the best ever listeners to reach you and learn more about this? Sure. So my main website is smartbusinessrevolution.com. But if you want to go to webinar1k.com, so that's webinar, the number one, letter K, dot com. I've got a webinar promotion checklist there that you can download. And I also have some tools, a list of tools that you can use that will help you uh, with putting on your own webinar. So if you're interested in this topic, then go grab those. What a great lesson that you, you taught us all today and the skill of how to start a successful webinar from start to finish. And you know, for any real estate investor who's looking to you know, grow their audience, and have more customers and elevate their profile, which is basically everybody, then this is, a, this is a fantastic tool for us to use. Love the process of you start with the purpose, why are you doing it? Then you go into the presentation, and this is when we're structuring it initially, the presentation where you wanna teach, teach them something practical that can be applied immediately. For example, you have one, how to cold email any VIP. And then you've got it monetized where you have the, the building relationships with VIP. So it's the evolution of what the, the, the subject of the webinar is. And 56 minutes you mentioned is the ideal time frame, you know, plus or minus, I'm sure. But 56 is, is what studies have shown. 
and that's whenever you get to the offer and then explaining your story as far as the structure goes you want to have you want to explain your story as it's related to as it relates to them have case studies that show not where we're beating our chest but show a practical way that's helping them out and how others have accomplished the same thing in different ways to reach their goals uh, and then break it down into a system you do a five step process and then the monetization you know some have free webinars some have paid webinars educational webinars you recommend and what you do are free webinars where at the end there's an offer that's an evolution of what you're discussing that practical skill that they're already getting from the webinar but then they can build on it and then the promotion of it you know there's the usual suspects as you mentioned social media webinar directory which i wasn't familiar with traditional advertising like facebook things like that but the real growth as you mentioned are partners and collaborative partners really reaching out to people who are in the in your industry and are reaching your same audience but being strategic and genuine and authentic about it and approaching it the right way and you've got all sorts of of great content on your website I know cuz I've downloaded it I've read it and I've shared it with my team and that's how we've gotten some of our guests on the show uh, awesome. by following some of your email templates so I can say firsthand that it's great content and so following those types of steps so if uh, you know if you want to learn more about and want specific templates email templates and go to go to his website and, and check it out because it's, it's definitely going to help you and then lastly the technology which I guess is at the beginning but really it's the it's not as much of a barrier as we perceive it to be uh, it's simply a Google hangout with a lead with a lead page you use leadpages.net and then an embedded chat you use chatwing.com there are other ones chatwings free and then as far as converting them to sell you're a student of copywriting i mean you've written for bill clinton so of course you're you you've you've kind of uh, written in the, the circles at the very top so copywriting is something that you recommend studying in particular the acronym AIDA attention interest desire and action and then lastly the expert 2.0 tip that you had as far as a post webinar recap session with the collaborative partner where you schedule time for 15 minutes and you just see who would be somebody else that would make sense for them to partner with so very very grateful for you know you sharing your advice on how to do a successful webinar and really appreciate it. is there anything else you wanted to mention about this to the best ever listeners before we sign off wow we covered a lot a lot of ground uh, the one thing i'll throw in that i do get a question a lot about is when when should i have my webinar and studies have shown that well first of all i should say it really depends on your industry you got to test different times but studies have shown that the optimal time at least in the united states is 11 a.m. Pacific, which is 2 p.m. Eastern, on Wednesday or Thursday is the optimal time. Now, if you do it at a different time, you might have a little less competition. So you might want to see whether that works better for you because you know it's getting to the point where maybe a lot of webinars are held during that period of time. But that's what studies have shown. Very interesting. And why is that, do you think? Because that's during a workday. Right. I think, well, internet traffic is up on workdays because people are in front of their computers and people who are employees, maybe they're bored or something like that. 11 a.m. probably works because on the east, on the west coast, at least, people are maybe getting a little tired. They haven't had lunch yet. They're thinking about where they're going to go have lunch. And on the east coast, it's 2 p.m. It's mid-afternoon and people are available then. It also, you know, it's uh, nine hours ahead, I think, in, in Europe. So, 
would be like 10 o'clock at night, uh, no, sorry, eight o'clock at night. And so Europe hasn't gone to bed yet. So that might work as well. And I forget what time it would be in Australia, but I think at least uh, Australia might be able to participate as well. So that's probably why it's the optimal time. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show and, and talking with us and teaching us this. And we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Thank you, Joe. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever.